singing uh, just a couple of phrases. One was, you're never going to let me down. And another one, you satisfy my soul. And notice it all, it began with God. You're never going to let me down. You satisfy my soul. You could have sang that from one of two vantage points with your focus on him, on his character, on his integrity. Or you could have sung it from the vantage point of thinking about yourself. The problem with when I sing it with the from the vantage point of thinking about myself, I'm thinking of how can I how can I get there? How can I receive? How can I even have enough faith to 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 open my heart and, and see the fixations on me? And and that's where we get we get thrown in loops, you know? But when the when we focus on him, it's easy. It's just easy. See, here's the thing. As we were worshiping, I was thinking his name is faithful and true. You know, like Jesus would be teaching and he'd say, truly, truly, I say to you, or verily, verily. In other words, he doesn't have it in him to lie. He doesn't have it in him. In fact, in one teaching, he says to his disciples, if it were not so, I would have told you. You see, if it weren't true, I would have told you. Translation, I don't have it within me to lie. You see, I'm faithful and true. You see, and so, yes, you, 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 and, and see, when we see him as he is and we see his, his character, his integrity, his love turned toward us. There's no struggle to receive from him. You see? See, a lot of our struggle is we really don't think he means what he says. Because we're not convinced he's fully true and faithful. See? But he is. He really is. And so... Um, I just want to get into a short time in the Word here. Um, just going to teach from a passage of Scripture um, in uh, John 15. And, you know, we're kind of kind of I- in between. Steve Arsenal was here last week, and he's here next week as well. And so we're kind of in between. So I, I kind of want to bridge that. I, I, I don't want to go off on a tangent, and I, I want to kind of keep us in that flow. Um, so, but I just want to teach a little bit for a few minutes today from John 15. And it's ver- John 15, verses 1 to 17. And here's the cool thing. Look, if you, as I read through this, understand that as I, I'm just giving you the, the, the pieces of bread God gave me to give you today. Okay? You could, you could study this for a thousand years and write umpteen books about it, and you still wouldn't get all the revelation there is out of this. Okay? So, this is by no means am I up here giving you a comprehensive assessment of John 15. <laughs> you, as I'm reading this, you may say, oh, you missed something. I, I see something you missed. I got, a, I got a heavy revelation there that you don't have. Great. Good. <laughs> you know, see into it. Come on. See, I pray your spiritual eyes be opened and you just, just blast through and you just see and you gaze and, you know, gain insight. You know, there, there's, no, uh, there's, never, there's never a running out in God. You know, I, I mean, that's why many have felt led to y- write, you know, books and commentaries on the scriptures, and there's thousands and thousands of them out there. And, and, and each of them may, may come from a certain perspective of the truth because they're seeing something. And, and see, we all have a piece of it. And so it's kind of like today, it's kind of like Peter when he walked up to the man and said, well, you know, I don't have any cash on me right now, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, walk. Okay? So... My thing today is what I have, I give you. And that's, and see, we can be all be very content in that. I, I, I bring my peace to the body, and what I have, I give you. 
you see? And so today, that's what I want to do. I just want to just want to give you something here from John 15, and uh, beginning with uh, verse 1, all right? So Jesus is teaching his disciples here, and he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Okay, stop right there. I am. I am. And when he says I am, perk your ears up. He's giving you insight into his nature, into his character, into who he is. And he says, I am what? True. <laughs> we just talked about that. I am true. I am the true vine. I am true. What's he saying there? I am genuine. I'm not counterfeit or pretend or fake. I am the true vine. I'm the true vine. He says, my father is the vine dresser. All right? So my father is the vine dresser. I'm the true vine. All right? And my father... He's the vine dresser. He tends the vine. In other words, what's he saying? He's honoring his father right from the get-go. You always see this beautiful rhythm where Jesus is honoring father and father is honoring Jesus. And, and, and Holy Spirit doesn't operate as a free agent either. Holy Spirit is reminding us of what Jesus said. You've got to understand the Trinity. You've got to, if you don't know, if you don't, you know, if we don't understand the Trinity, we don't know what fellowship is because there's this fellowship within the Godhead that's constantly taking place it's this constant it's this constant rhythm of honoring one another and he says he says i'm the i'm the vine my father's the vine dresser i want to show you my father you see he's always honoring the father always honoring the father never going off on a tangent and doing his own thing he says everything i do everything i say i do what i see father doing i speak what i hear father saying because my father's the vine dresser in other words it's my it's my dad's vineyard this is my dad's vineyard, okay? And, I'm, and so it says, and he's the vine dresser. He's the one who tends it. All right, now verse 2, I'll just say this. This is one of Jesus' hard sayings, okay? I used to look at those things, and I'd freak out if I knew I was going to talk because I'd be like, how do I explain that? Well, I'm not going to try to explain it. It just says it. It says, any branch in me that does not bear fruit or that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, takes away. Hmm. That sounds hard, right? Right? But here's the thing. You know, Father's always working. He's always working in his vineyard. And I won't give a lot of commentary on that, but, you know, I will say there are some teachings of Jesus that, you know, where he's, he's you know, where, where it might sound hard. All right? Um, like, in, like in Luke where Jesus said, you know, be careful how you listen. To him who has, more will be given. And you'll have an abundance. But um, from him who doesn't have, even what he thinks and guesses and supposes he has will be taken away. I mean, those, that sounds hard, right? Th that, that, that's, a, that's a hard saying. But, you know, I think he, what he's getting at here is, you know, if there's a branch that refuses to connect, to stay connected, it, 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 this is th he's speaking of a branch here that is trying to grow its own fruit, trying to do it its own way, trying to, uh, trying to, to uh, achieve, you know, uh, status or righteousness in their own strength, you know, and, 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 he's, and, and that's, that's just not the way. That's not going to work, you know. That's just not going to work. So, so he says, and he goes, so next he, he says, 
and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. fruit. Now, pr pruning is painful. Pruning doesn't feel good, okay? I mean, pruning is necessary. And pruning, this is like Joseph was saying earlier, these are situations of life where what I think God's trying to do, what he's wanting to show us who he is to us. He wants, to, he wants us to recognize him as our provider. He wants us to recognize him as our as our healer. He wants us to recognize him as our peace. Okay? He wants us to he wants us to draw our life from him. And so in pruning, he's teaching us to rely solely and completely upon him. And he may trim away false pursuits, you know? This I, I thank God, you know, he he crushed some of the stupid, vain dreams I had when I was younger and didn't allow me to go down those roads. Was it disappointing? Yeah. You know, but I thank God. I mean, I wouldn't be here right now. I thought I was going to be some attorney in New York. Even took the law school admission test. Did pretty good on it, too. Thank God I'm not there. Thank I would have been an attorney. I, I, I bet I would have been a good one. <laughs> but, 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 but he, he didn't allow it. And so, thank God. You know? Um, you know, thank God he's, he's being faithful to us when he's pruning us. He really is. He's being faithful to us. You see? And so, let's just keep going. Verse 3. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I've given you, the teachings I've discussed with you. His word has a cleansing effect on us. Um, you're cleansed because of the word. Because of the word I've given you. I, I, the Lord gave me something in my journal to start the new year, and it, it kind of came out, Joseph touched on some of this, Wes touched on it, um, and the Lord had given me this in my journal, and I, I'll just, I'll read what, uh, quote, this is to me, Sue, <laughs> you know, pay, give strict attention to the words of Jesus at all times, never lose sight of his words and teachings, hear them and put them into practice, and then I, the Lord gave me John 6, 63, it's the spirit who gives life. He's the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit whatsoever. There's no profit in it. The words, the truths that I've been speaking to you, these words are spirit and life. His words are spirit and life, and they have a cleansing effect on us. And so, next verse, verse 4, he says, Dwell or abide in me, and I will abide or dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you, just as no branch, can bear fruit of itself without abiding in or being, being vitally united to the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. So to abide in him, to, you know, it means to dwell in him, to make our home in him. And he promises, you, you abide. You just posture yourself, you know, humble yourself before me surrender and just see our calling really is to learning to surrender and to receive the life from the vine just stay connected lean into it's more a place of reliance and leaning into that that we might live by his life you see within us he says abide in me and something good something really good's gonna happen i'm gonna abide in you as you abide in me so as you don't depart, as you continue to be present, to ma ma maintain that place of unbroken fellowship and communion with me, I will abide in you, and you're going to begin, you're going to find that you're living by my strength and not your own. 
and striving will cease. You know, so that's good news. That's good news. And, you know, and he says, he says, just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in me, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. So it, it can't be done. We can't bear fruit unless we're abiding in him. Okay? And he, in the next verse, he makes it even more clear. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much fruit. So if we're, if we're, if we're abiding in him, our lives are going to be fruitful. They're going to bear fruit. All the, you know, the fruit that his work within, the fruit of the spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, and so on. You, you will know that. Well, that, that, that's just, that's fruits. That, that, that just, that, that's, a, that's an outcome of abiding in him. That's not something you try or struggle to produce. That, 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 that just flows. But, you know, if you go to Galatians and you read that, you know, uh, you know, the works of the flesh are obvious, too. You know, things like anger, hatred, fits of rage, and all those lusts. And you see, well, what is all that? That's, that, 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 that's, that's, that's fruit of a life that's not abiding. And see, here's the thing, and this is very sobering. Whether I know it or not, in any given moment, in any given interaction, the fruit of my life is coming forth and it's seen. And I can't hide it. I can't mask it. You know? Um, it just, it's there. It's coming forth. I can be sitting there silently, not saying a word. You know? And if I got a lousy attitude, it shows. It, it shows. But if my heart is full of the love of Christ, that shows. Shows in my countenance. Shows literally in the. Pr- have you ever? You, have you ever had the experience? You walk into a room. You know, y- you could walk into a room and you can take the spiritual temperature of it. You you can feel what's going on in the room. Or someone walks into a room and it feels like the air got sucked out of the room. Because of what they carried. Well, what's going on there? You know, it, it, you don't even have to. S- words don't even. Words don't give it away. Our lives do. Words just. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The words are just going to back it up, reinforce it. At any given moment, what's going on in here is being shown to the world. That's sobering. It's, you see? That, 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 that's, that's very sobering. So, I can't bear fruit unless I abide in him. In fact, he says, he says, um, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. Wow, nothing. What a contrast. What a contrast. These are things to just ponder. You know, the flesh can't produce what is a work of the spirit. You know, we sang this. We can't obtain in our own efforts what's freely given by grace. We could talk for thousands of years about grace about how righteousness can't be achieved. Received. Received, not achieved. I know, it's a whole world system that values and prizes achievement. Okay? We go to our jobs a lot and we get ranked by our achievements. I understand that. But that's not how God's kingdom works. Righteousness is not achieved. A robe of righteousness, cloaked with freely given by grace. Always, re- always remember that. Always. 
It's, this is really about surrendering and receiving daily and living by his strength and empowerment in you. And so we keep going here. He says, um, we'll go to verse 7. If you live in me, if you abide vitally united to me and my words remain in you, check this out. If you abide in me, you live in me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. What? Hey, truly, truly, right? If it were not so, I would have told you. Is Jesus lying here? No. But here's, here's the thing. You've you got to read the whole verse. If, if you abide in me, if you abide vitally united to me and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will or whatever you wish, and it shall be done for you. You know, what, what, what does that mean? Well, when his will becomes my will in the place of abiding. You see that? So if I'm abiding in him, I'm not going to ask anything that's not in accordance with his will. I'm going to know what his will is. The spirit within you will show you. And you're going to ask. You say, what, really? You know? I'll, I, I won't be asking amiss. So if you're abiding in me, you're going to begin to hit the mark with those prayers. You're going to begin to ask according to Father's will. You see? Now, yeah, I, it gets messy. I, I, there's, there's, you know, it's a, there's a learning process, all that. You know, he grows us up. this beautiful promise here. Beautiful promise. Ask whatever you wish. His will becomes your place of abiding. I think back to um, when I was a kid. I, I, I was um, I went to Christian school up through ninth grade. Then I, then I went to public high school. But when I graduated from the Christian school in ninth grade, the principal gave us all Bibles. He gave me a Bible. And on, it, on the inside of it, he wrote, I'll never forget these words. He's probably one of the top three people that I would credit with being the greatest influence in my life. He, he wouldn't have known it. I never told him. But <laughs> in retrospect, a lot of times we don't realize these things until 20, 30 years later. Wow, that person was a big influence in my life. <laughs> Bigger than I ever thought. He was one of them. And I remember he wrote this little thing in my Bible. It said, Stuart, <laughs> our prayer is that his desires will become your desires. I never forgot that. You see? But there it is. How do his desires become my desires? Abiding. Abiding. Abiding in him. The life, the sap of the vine flowing into the branches. You see? All right. Verse 8, please. Just keep going here. Verse 8. When you bear, when you produce much fruit, he wants us producing lots of fruit, much fruit, abundance. He says, my father is honored and glorified. Here he is again. He wants, Jesus' heart is to see father honored and glorified. He says, when you bear much fruit, my father is honored and glorified. And you show and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. Hear, hear this. Jesus seeks father's honor. He seeks Father's honor. At, uh, at, at Bangor House of Prayer Thursday evening, um, I, the Lord was speaking to our hearts, and uh, we read from um, Psalm 96, 
And in um, Psalm 96, in verses 7 through seven and 8, it says, Ascribe to the Lord, O you families of the people. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. In other words, we do this together. Families of the people, ascribe to the Lord. In other words, give him what's due his name. Give him what's due his name. Acknowledge who he is. Acknowledge him for the, acknowledge it and speak it out of your mouth. He's, he said, ascribe to the Lord, give to him, you know, speak rightly of him, speak, speak of who he is rightly. He says, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength and do this together. And he says, give to the Lord, give to the Lord the glory do his name. Bring an offering and come before him into his courts. You know, he's calling all God's people, come into his courts and bring your life as a living sacrifice. Lay yourself down before him and Give him the glory to his name. Offer him your life. Come together corporately and abide. Lean into him. Lean into him. Because Father, Jesus wants his Father to be glorified. He says when we give, give the Lord the glory to his name. Glorify the Father. Bring glory to the Father. How? Abide in me and bear fruit. That's, that's, that's worship. The daily giving of myself as a living sacrifice that the life flow of, of Christ might flow into me. And I'm living my life not by, by my strength. I've laid down my life. I died, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This is our spiritual history. We were co-crucified with Christ, co-buried, and co-raised to walk in newness of life. You are a new creation altogether. He's simply saying, live true now to who you are. To live not true to who I am is to be a freak of nature. No animal does it. Only humans do it. Why? Because we're made in the image and likeness of God, and Satan hates it. And he seeks to mar God and distort God's creation and turn it into a mockery. So he gets humans to begin to act like animals. And we're not. David said, oh, man, when I thought that way and acted that way, I was a brute beast. It's beneath us. It's beneath our dignity to behave that way. He's saying, come up higher. Be who you really are. Be who I made you to be. You're better than that. You see? So I would always encourage my kids. I'd always remind them, you're better than that. That, that, that behavior's not you. You're better than that. I tell my students that. You're better than that. Come on. See? Don't make, make decisions. So be true to who we are in him, you know? Give him the glory to his name. He says, when you bear much fruit, my father is honored and glorified. He says in verse 9, I have loved you just as the father has loved me. Abide in my love. Continue in his love with me. All right, here it is again. I've loved you as the Father has loved me. As the Father's loved me. And we got into that word last week a little bit. It's agape. It's agape. I've loved you with agape. It's a selfless, sacrificial love. I've loved you as the Father has loved me. And see, here we, see our, we begin to see our corporate, our calling together as the body of Christ. You see this culture of honor in the Trinity, in the Godhead. Again, Jesus is saying, you know, 
the Father loves me. The Father agapes me with a love that is pure and a love that is a love a love that is self-giving and self-sacrificial, and I'm loving you that way, you see? And I, he, he, he's saying, I've loved you as the Father's loved me. Abide in this quality of love with me. See, see th- there's this fellowship in which, again, like I said, Father honors the Son, and the Son honor, honors the Father, okay? And, and I mean, in saying I've loved you as the Father's loved me, I mean, this is, this is a love that even serves, because Jesus if you look at the timetable here, this is John 15. It's getting very late <laughs> in his earthly walk. He's about to go to the cross. He's about to actually demonstrate his love to the disciples by washing their feet. Washing their feet. What's he doing there? He's demonstrating this. He, he's, you're literally serving them. Because this is the love that I have for you. You know? And this is the love that this is the love that I'm calling you into, where you where where, where you serve one another as I've served you, you see, and that that's pretty mind blowing, and, and and here's the thing, you know Steve touched on this a little last week. You can't have this. You can't do this alone. You can't just be. It's you know, I mean I love solitude. I'm I'm, I'm I love solitude. I went cross country skiing alone for three hours yesterday. I do a lot of things alone. I understand. That's, so, that's called solitude, and solitude's good. You better have some solitude somewhere in your life. A little harder for extroverts, but I'm not an extrovert. <laughs> I crave it. To me, I get my batteries recharged by time alone. You know, other, uh, in extroverts get their batteries recharged by going to a party, okay? Uh, I, you know, but, but <laughs> yeah, my, my wife's an extrovert. But, 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 but see, there's a difference between solitude and isolation. I know what isolation is. It, al- it, it almost destroyed me. It's not good. It's not good. It's pulling away from the body. It's pulling away from the family of God. It's pulling away from those who love you because you just don't want to be spoken into. You don't want to even receive uh, the, the life uh, th- that the body has. You're afraid of correction and of, and of, of just being loved, of being loved. You see, it's almost like you, you see, and that's and that's that's a that's a very bad thing. You see, it's not good for us, and so, you know, he calls us together, and and he says in Romans twelve, he says, love one another with brotherly affection, give preference to one another in honor. In other words, outdo one another in showing honor. So he's Jesus is saying here when he says, I've loved you as the Father has loved me. Now abide in my love. What he's basically saying is, I and the Father are one. We honor one another. I honor the Father. The Father honors me. He's basically saying, now you enter into this quality of love with me. And you begin, to tr- you begin, where do we do this? With one another. You begin to outdo one another in showing honor. You begin to honor one another and out- seek to outdo one another in showing honor. Whoa. I mean, that's wild. So, but this is, th- this is where the body be- really begins to live true to who we are. You see? And he goes on here. Um, verse 10, if you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and live on in his love. There it is again. I've told you these things, verse 11, that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy and gladness may be of full measure and complete 
and overflowing. Jesus wants our joy to be of full measure and overflowing. Joy is your portion, and he wants you to have an abundance of it. He wants you to overflow with it. He says, here's how that's going to happen. Abide in me, you know. Abide in me. And I, yes, that means dying, dying the death, you know, to my own preferences and my own, and my own way. He says there's such great reward in it. Joy's our portion. Joy's our portion. And he goes on, verse 12, this is my commandment. It is all coming to this. I'm wrapping up here with this. It's all coming to this, verse 12. This is my commandment. I have one commandment for you, he says, that you love one another just as I have loved you. This is my commandment, that you love. That's agapeo one another, just as I've loved you. In other words, that you lay just as I have loved you. How did he love us? He laid down his own life, he says, the next verse. He says, no one has greater love, no one's shown stronger affection than to lay down his own life for his friends. So, and he's calling us to love one another as he has loved us. It's not just love one another. He doesn't leave that as some open-ended thing, okay? Because I'll go home and watch football and tell you I love football. <laughs> what does that mean? It's open to a thousand interpretations. Agape is not open to a thousand interpretations. It's a quality of love. Love as I have loved you. In other words, let your life be given away one to another. Give your life away one to another. Lay your life down one for another. It's a sacrificial, self-giving love. God loves because he is love. Do you see? And as you abide in him, hey, that's his nature. As you abide in him, guess, who, guess, guess whose nature you walk in? His. The law of your new nature in Christ is love. There is no other. There is no other nature in him. It's love. It's love. It's love. It's his nature being manifested through me. His agape being manifested through me. So it's an action word. Have a preference for. Literally, it, it, agapeo, I looked up the literal meaning. It's have a preference for. Regard the welfare of one another. Love as I have loved you, as I've laid down my life for you. So now do the same one for another. And he goes on. Um, well, before, no, wanna, one more thing here. Um, so when he says love as I've loved you, I want to just challenge you, you know, what he's quite literally saying there is let your life begin to be governed by that one word. You know, uh, there's, this, there's this trend going around, and our, our superintendent of Bangor School Department challenged us to do this. Some book that was written about the power of one word, and he urged us all to pick one word that you would live your life by this year. And each year, pick that one word and write it on the index card. Live by that one word. I mean, it's, you know, it's pretty cool, but um, I, I, I'm thinking of that here. Jesus is saying, you know, order your life by this one law, this one command, love. Order your life by this one command, love. 
You know, and I mean, I, I, I was thinking about that time Jesus went up on the mountain with, he took with him Peter, James, and John. And he's transfigured in front of them on the mountain. It really freaked them out. His, his countenance turned glowing white. And, you know, he, he looked like, he looked, he looked heavenly. You know, he, he, he changed in appearance before them. And Moses and Elijah appear. And they're talking with him. And the disciples are freaked out. And they're, they're, they're watching this and they're on their knees and they're shaking and they're, they're really freaked out by it and they're trembling. And, and then, you know, a cloud appears and, and they're, they're covering their faces and when they look up, they see no one else but Jesus. And No, I'm sorry, they hear the voice from heaven. The voice of heaven, from heaven, the voice of the Father says, this is my son, my beloved, my chosen one, listen to him. In other words, listen to and yield to and obey him. And then they looked up and they saw no one but Jesus. What's the translation of that? W what's the message there? The message is Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets. The law and the prophets are all summed up and fulfilled in Jesus. And Father's saying that they see, the, they see Moses representing the law. They see Elijah representing the prophets. Like, ah! You know, all of a sudden they hear the voice of the Father. This is my son. Hear him. Listen to him. They look up. No more Moses and Elijah. Only Jesus. The law and the prophets. He didn't obliterate them. He didn't wipe them out. They all point to him. It's all summed up and fulfilled in him. The law and the prophets. All summed up and fulfilled in him. And Jesus is standing here now and he's saying, it all comes down to one word, guys. Love as I have loved you. That's it. If you will do this, you will obey all the commandments. It will all be obeyed because of the law of your new nature, this, this law of your new nature in Christ. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you'll love your neighbor as yourself. Living and loving out of his nature within you. Love. That's it. This is my beloved son, says Father. Listen Hear him. And he only ends here with, you've not chosen me. It's good to know that I chose you. I've appointed you. I've planted you. That you might go and bear fruit and keep on bearing. And that your fruit may be lasting that it may remain, so that whatever you ask the Father, there it is again in my name, he may give it to you. He says, I planted you. I think of in Isaiah, the beautiful prophecy says, you know, God's people under Messiah's rule will be the planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Oaks of righteousness. That's you. That's us the planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor, the oaks of righteousness. Such good news. And so, um, yeah. Love. Love. So, in just a moment, I want us to come up here together in just a moment and we're, we're going to receive communion together. Um, because, you know, I said, what I have, I give you. 
and what I have, I, I don't I don't ever want any message, anytime I stand behind a microphone, ever to stray far from the to stray at all away from the cross. I have one thing, I have one message. It's the cross. And it's faith in the finished work of the cross. That's it. That's it. That's it. The cross is central. And, and if you feel even a twinge condemned today, or, or I can't do that, our cure, our remedy, is to come to the cross. This is the supernatural life. You are not called to live a natural life. You know, the scripture, we're reminding the scripture, hey, you know, you're called to be supernatural beings. They actually, in the psalm says, have I not called you gods, little g? In other words, you know, I've, I've, I've made you in my image, my likeness. And, you, and yet, yet, yet you'll die like, you're dying like mere men. And what's he saying there? He's saying, saying we're, we're called into him. We're called to so much more. We're not called to a, to a, to a natural life. This is a supernatural life. This is a supernatural existence that can only be lived out through his grace, through humble dependence on him. All right? I'm just trying to be, you know, faithful to you guys today. I'm calling us to where our help is. And it's always, always at the cross. It's always receiving the body that was broken for you and the blood that was shed for you. It's a finished work. When we keep the cross central, everything else comes into focus. When we keep the cross central, confusion about life and your purpose in it and why am I here ceases. Because we see the love of God demonstrated through the cross. We see the life of God given to us. The opportunity for us to live as sons and daughters of God in the earth. To live as his children. Empowered to live as his children in the earth through the finished work of the cross. It's at the cross we receive the empowerment and the strength to live out Jesus' commands. It's that place of the exchanged life. And we lay our lives down, offering ourselves as living sacrifices, as worship unto him, and we receive his life. And, that, and that's freedom from sin and all its consequences. All right? I try to be very bold about this. I, 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 you know, if, you, if you're sick in your body, if you're tortured in your mind, listen, the cross is your remedy just the same as it's your remedy for sin. Okay? God didn't make categories. Okay? The work of the cross frees us from sin and all its effects. Depravity. Depression. Mental illness. Sickness, disease. There's freedom for all of it. And there's freedom to walk in love. As we receive that new nature, you see? And that's the, that's the, 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 I lay down 
Whatever, this is a great opportunity today to just lay before him whatever burden you're carrying, whatever yoke you're carrying, whatever confusion you're carrying. If you've been just harboring you know, any animosity, carrying a sword around and wielding it, maybe, it's, maybe he's just saying, come lay your sword down today, you know? It's the wrong sword. Just, I'll give you a real sword, he says. I'll give you the armor of the Lord, the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. <laughs> oh, man. See? We lay it down. We receive his life. That, I know that sounds simple. Or hard. <laughs> it's very real. And remember, he's true and faithful. And so, um, you know, because here's the deal. If, I, if I'm not abiding, I don't have anything to give. You've heard it said before, you can't give what you don't have. See? Jesus said, freely you've received. Come to the cross and receive freely. Freely you've received, now freely give. You'll give out of that overflow. So it starts with receiving. Right? You may have heard that Christianity doesn't begin with the word do. It begins with the word done. So, like, you're seated with him in heavenly places before you're ever called to go and run and walk and do all this stuff, right? First thing, you're seated. Finish work. Done. Know your spiritual history. Finish work. See? And so, uh, Paul the Apostle, and we'll, we'll receive in just a moment, Paul the Apostle says to the Corinthian church, he reminds them of who they are, because they had some factions and some dissension and some division going on, and yet. What you had going on there, some of them were like, well, I follow Paul, you know, I follow Apollos, he's got a better revelation, and this one preaches better, and I, I follow this one, I like his personality better, right? He's, he's got better, more revelation in the word. And, they, and he says, hey, all these factions, he's saying, you're one, all are yours, why do you divide? All are yours, you're one. See, it's not... Become one. Try to be one. Try to play nice and get along. He says, no, you're one. God counts you as one. So again, begin to live true to who you are. Because that's who we are. We're one. And so, and so Paul says this. He says, he's reminding them, you know, he's talking about, you know, shun, keep away from, avoid by flight if need be, any sort of idolatry of loving or venerating anything more than God. That means my opinion. It means my attitudes. It means anything that I would put, any idol. An idol is basically saying, I trust, I trust in this, I trust myself to care for myself better than God. You see? And he says, stay away from that. And he goes on, he's, he says, the, next, the next, next two verses, he says, the cup of blessing of wine at the Lord's Supper upon which we ask God's blessing, does it not mean that in drinking it we participate in and share a fellowship, a communion in the blood of Christ, the Messiah? The bread which we break, does it not mean that in eating it we participate in and share a fellowship, a communion in the body of Christ? For we, no matter how numerous we are, are one body. Because we all partake of the one bread, the one whom the communion bread represents. And so Jesus was pretty clear, you know. I mean, I know, I know some people think, oh, we don't really need to take communion. Well, 
I would challenge that strongly, okay? Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. He asked us to commemorate this. He said, well, I don't like the symbolism and stuff. Well, he does. <laughs> and um, yes, you do like symbolism because as humans, we, yes, we do. Why do you, did you get married? Do you wear a ring? You like symbolism. Okay, so let's, let's be real. I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe there's a religious devil speaking to somebody in the room here. I'm just picking on his teeth. Let's be real, okay? Yes, we need communion. Probably more so as we see the day approaching. We do. We do. It's not just coming together and having pizza and talking about the Mets. I like the Mets. All right? You know, in doing that, how are we remembering? He's saying, do this in remembrance of me. In other words, he's saying, there's got to be coming together with focused intent where I'm loving him with my mind. And in our minds, we are contemplating the cross. And we're doing this in remembrance of him. And we're really, because we're contemplating the love. We're contemplating the call to lay our lives down and to love one another as he loves us. Amen? So let's do that. Well, are we supposed to go back there and get it? No? Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Sweet. Christy was kind enough to pull it together for us. We're using Dixie Cups. And come on up. Let's come up. Yes. Let's, let, let's, just, get, let's just gather in a circle. So I, I want to do this just a, a little differently. Let's just gather in a circle. Now look, um, you know, I, I know, you know, Paul had a lot to say about this, and he said, you know, examine yourself. And Paul said, examine yourself, right, and don't eat and drink unworthily. And I know sometimes that's been unfortunately used to almost to put up a roadblock to keep people away from communion. But here's the thing. If God's got your yes today, if what God said to us out of John 15 today is resounding in your heart and you can give it a yes, then receive communion. Come to where your help is. Don't put your eyes on where you've been and what your, you know, what your latest bad attitude was. Focus on him. Again, like we sang today, you're never going to let me down. You satisfy my soul. Get your sights off of yourself and put it on him and on his nature and on his fierce love for you that will not leave you as you, as you, as you are or were. You see? Focus on him and on his, his determined love and jealousy for you that will bring you unto wholeness. Okay? And, and, and if, you, if you're willing to humble yourself under his good hand today, in the shadow of the cross, and say, yeah, God, even, a, even if I'm a mess right now, I need this. I need your body that was broken for me, Jesus. I need your blood that was shed for me. I need this. I really, really need you. Then partake freely. The only, the only way I'd say don't partake is if you are holding on to something like hatred in your heart, and you just say, I'm not letting go of it. I'm sorry. I feel justified, and this is, 
this is how I feel. I hear what you're saying, Stu. I, I, I hear it, but it's offensive to me right now, and I just, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I can't and I won't. All right, well, you know, that's a choice, and God will respect that, okay? We all have total freedom in here. No one's forcing anyone to do anything, okay? But I beseech you, let's humble ourselves. And this is a great time right now. If there's anything in your life that you need to lay down, this is a good time to just lay it before him. You know, just visualize, if you will. Make this your altar. I come to the cross right now. And it's like just let's close our eyes for a few moments. We just come. Joseph, would you mind just playing into this? Lord, we just regard your body, your blood. We regard what's been finished, what's been demonstrated. Lord, we lay the heart before you. We lay our life, our heart before you, Lord. Thank you.